Hijris, the Muhajir and Ansar, the one who made Hijrah and the Ansar, the one who helps and assists. Wallah, in every aspect of their lives we can learn a lesson. When it came to their brotherhood, we can learn from there. When they came to them giving, we can learn from there. When they came to assisting one another, we can learn from their lives. That is why the book Hayatul Sahaba, every person should get a copy of this book. Let us read this book and look at Mulana Yusuf Rahmatullahi, how he has taken out these stories and three volumes and how many stories of Sahaba. When it came to their salah, when it came to their spending, when it came to their iman, when it came to their yaqeen, when it came to their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when it came to their knowledge, every aspect of their lives is recorded in that book. Allah fully is khabar wad nurum. What a beautiful book that he brought together. It is for us to learn the lives of Sahaba. And that is why we say this effort of tabliq is zamanami in this time and day and age. You know, is a jewel to this century. Why? Because in this zaman and age we can move out. When we can go out, I was telling the brothers today that a person who is 45 and 50 years old is not going to go sit in a madrasa now. He is feeling shy. So Allah has given the opportunity in this day and age to move in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A moving madrasa, a moving madrasa for iman, a moving madrasa for ilm, a moving madrasa for learning Quran, everything in the way and in this path. That is why brothers is coming out in the path of Allah. That is why these brothers, mashallah, from Cape Town have, have come out. Businessmen coming out in the path of Allah. Professionals coming out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For what? Not to say that I'm a doctor. Not to say that I'm a lawyer. Not to say that I'm a, I'm a big, big businessman. But how I can also learn the deen of Allah. How I can learn the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How I can emulate the lives of sahaba. How I can learn their lives and follow their way and use them as role models. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam pays him, pays him up what Saad ibn Rabi radiallahu anhu. Saad ibn Rabi radiallahu anhu says to him that I am one of the richest people of Medina. Look at the yaqeen and the understanding of Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'een. He says that I have, I am known to be one of the wealthiest people of Medina and I'm going to make a deal with you. He says that I'm going to give you half of my wealth. I'm going to give you half of my wealth. And not only that, I have two wives, I'm going to give you one and you can choose the best one. This was the way of Sahaba. This was the way of the Ansar. That is why they've been given this title as Ansar and the helpers of deen. But what was the response of Abdurrahman ibn Awf? That Sahabi in one gathering, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where we speak about the Ashara Mubashara, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said they are, from, they are from the people of Jannah, and one of them was Abdurrahman ibn Awf radiallahu anhu. Guarantee Jannah. He says, no. Show me where is the marketplace and I will go, and I will go, and I will make an effort to earn my wealth. And he goes, he makes an effort, later on he comes back, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam realizes that this person got married because he's seen something in his face. And he says to him, oh, oh Abdurrahman, you got married? He said, Ya Rasulullah, on the first wealth or money that I earned, I made nikah. And at that point, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam made dua for him. He made dua for him, says that may Allah gave you, give you barakah in your wealth. May Allah give you barakah in your wealth and in your family. He says that dua of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was so powerful, was so powerful that whatever I walked on after that turned into gold. Whatever I walked, walked on after that turned into gold. But the reality of that is that it was not in the heart, it was in the hands of Abdurrahman ibn Awf. 
This wealth of the world must not enter into our hearts. This position of our life must not enter into our hearts. This degree that we attain in this world must not enter into our hearts. It is something that Allah has given us. We must attribute it to Allah. That everything is from Allah. That Allah has given me this. Allah has chosen me in this profession. I must use this profession. I must utilize this profession for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I must become an ambassador of deen. Whether I'm a lawyer, doctor, an alim, or any a businessman, a tradesman, everything. I must become an ambassador of deen. I must show deen to the others around me. And I must show deen to the entire ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And whatever Allah gives me. No matter how much wealth I get after that, I will realize and understand, and the wealth will not enter into my heart. It will just be there on my hand, so that I can spend it for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So 700 camels enter, you know, into Medina. The excitement is there. This is how rich this sahabi was. 700 camels enter into Medina. And Aisha radiallahu anha says, what is the excitement? They said, Ya Aisha radiallahu anha, these are the camels of Abdurrahman bin Auf radiallahu anha, has just come into Medina. What does she say at that time? Different narrations. She mentions one of the narrations. She says, May Allah give him barakah and blessing in his wealth. But what is in store for him in Jannah is better than what he has in this world. وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَيْرُ وَأَبَقَى Wallah, if we have the true understanding, and Allah give us the true understanding, but an effort has to be made for that understanding. And this effort of tabligh is an opportunity to do that. When we leave our businesses, we leave our homes, we leave our shop, we leave our profession, we come into environment, we hear about Allah, we speak about Allah, we give the da'wat about Allah, the yaqeen and conviction of Allah enters into our heart. That what Allah has in store for us, this dunya cannot give us. That the person who leaves this world and the last person to enter into Jannah will get a Jannah ten times the size of this world. Today a human being would love to have the kingdom of the entire world. And he would love to have the wealth of the entire world. But the person who will enter Jannah who will have what we say the smallest Jannah will be ten times the size of this world. So she says, what he has, Allah give him barakah in this world, but what will be in store for him in Jannah will be greater and will be better. News reaches his ears. He comes to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, and he says, Wallah, by the qasam of Allah, I make you witness. I make you witness that whatever is on these camels, and all these 700 camels, and whatever is upon it, I give it for the people of Medina. And every person can come and take whatever requirement and whatever need he has, he come and come and take from this. And he gives that entire 700 camels for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why the wealth was not in the heart. The wealth was not in the heart. The wealth was on the hand. And that is why he was prepared all the time to give for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the object is not to sit here and tell you how rich he was or how much he gave and I'm saying to you to give. But the yaqeen and conviction that wealth cannot do, my profession cannot do, my business cannot do. It is Allah who is doing, Allah has given me, Allah will give me, Allah will take away when He pleases, and Allah will give when He pleases. On one occasion he was sitting on the Dastar Khan, and he was eating, he was fasting, and before he could break his fast, he began to cry. 
And they said to him, Oh Abdurrahman, why are you crying? What is the reason you are crying? He says, what can I tell you? I'm thinking about Musab ibn Umayr radiallahu an. When he left this world, Musab ibn Umayr radiallahu an was that sahabi who was a youngster. When he accepted his Islam, his parents threw him out of the home. He was such a wealthy sahabi that every day he wore a different dress and he never, never repeated to wear that clothing again. Every day wore a new set of clothing and never repeated that clothing again. That is the amount of wealth they had. He was that person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah gave him iman, wallah, by the qasam of Allah, when the reality of iman is to enter into this heart, when the reality of iman is to enter into this heart, then there is no beauty, glamour and glitter of this world that one would aspire for or one would look towards and one would say, you know, that this is beautiful. And one would not look to the wealth of others. One would not look to the earnings of others. One would not try to compete with the next person in how much he has and I want so much. To such an extent, Allah forgive us, then we break the commands of Allah. We earn it in the wrong way. We get involved in riba and interest. We get involved in all wrong things and do the wrong things and earn the wealth in the wrong way. That is when the gaze is on the wealth of others. When the gaze is not on Allah and the gaze is on the wealth of others. He said, Musab ibn Umayr radiallahu anh, when he left this world, then he did not have enough cloth to even cover his body to put on his coffin. My Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the most, you know, most chosen and was the most, was the most beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did he have in this world? He came and he gave, he showed us the way, he showed the pattern, he showed the way. He had absolutely nothing. I am thinking that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving me my share in this world. And what is he going to give me in the akhirah? That my Allah is giving me now in this world. And what is my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, going to give me in the akhirah? When his wealth was, you know, when he was coming to the end of his life, and when he made his will, how much of wealth did he leave behind? How much of wealth did he leave behind? He said 2.4 million gold coins estimated. He had four wives at the time. Each wife got 80,000. The share of each wife was 80,000 gold coins. He freed how many slaves at that time? And how many slaves he freed, you know, you know, before he could leave this world, he began freeing one, one slave at a time. He had more than a thousand camels at that time, more than 500 horses. And we know the worth of all that. How much did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not give him? But what was the condition? What was the condition of their lives? They always worried and wondered and worried. What is Allah? So is Allah going to be happy with me? What is my condition going to be while I'm living in this world? Is my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, going to be happy with me? Or is my Allah going to be angry with me when I'm living in this, when I'm leaving this world? And my profession and my earnings and my business today, that is the question we should be asking ourselves. And wallah, my respected elders, beloved brothers, spend some time in the path of Allah. Give some time in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and one will come to understand and start realizing these things. That this is the place of iman. Coming into the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, spending some time in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, coming in these environments. That is why a person goes out in the path of Allah. Not that he has nothing to do, or because he is retired, or because, you know, he's doing bad in his business. But no, in the time when the business is the best, that is the time to go out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, spend a little time in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then see the beauty of this. 
see the beauty and, the, and, and, and get the understanding and spend time in an environment where we will get the understanding and understand that the Sahaba radiallahu anhu majma'een who had wealth as well. Many a times we hear about the Sahaba who had absolutely nothing and we say all the time the Mawlana is only speaking about that. But here we're speaking about companions of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, that Usman radiallahu an, he himself of how much of wealth did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not bestow him with. But again, the, 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 the yaqeen and understanding is the wealth was not in the heart, it was in the hand. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to whom he pleases. Allah gives when he pleases. Allah gives at the time He pleases. And it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who can take away the wealth from that person. So that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this Mubarak life. That in my profession, in my, in, in, in my, in my business, I must begin and start understanding that what does Allah want from me in this world. That Allah has created for us a better life. كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِكَةُ الْمَوْتِ when we speak about death, then every person says, now what are we talking about? What are we talking about now? Why death? Every person is going to taste from the cup of death. The Anbiya wasalam tasted from the cup of death. Allah's Habib, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has tasted from the cup of death. Every human being is going to taste from the cup of death. To such an extent that one day you are well known in this world. And tomorrow people are not even going to speak about you. Tomorrow people are not even going to be taking your name. If we do not leave that legacy of Iman, if we do not leave the legacy of Sahaba, we do not leave the legacy that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam left us with, and we do not follow that way, that our lives, we have been created for Akhirah. We have been created for the life of the year after. We're living in this world that how we can please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how in the grave we can be successful. How when we stand in front of Allah, we can be successful. And what? This time in this life is the occasion and time to make preparation for that. There is an incident about a king and a, you know, and a person who was known by the name of Bahlul. Some say it was Harun al-Rashid and Bahlul. And some, some people mention the story, you know, with different names, or some say, they do not, we do not know the names of these two people. But nevertheless, if we say Harun and Rashid, then there was a person by the name of, name of Bahlul, and Bahlul was that person who everyone made fun of, who everyone mocked. In fact, when he came into the presence of the king, then they used to make a joke regarding him, or the joke or was about him. So on one occasion, the king says to him, and these examples are lessons for us in life. That Allah has put us here for an object. Allah has put us here for a short time. We are not going to live forever. Allah is going to take our lives one day. And on the day of Qiyamah, there's a certain key that we have to bring. There's a certain path that we have to bring. There is a certain way that we have to bring. That if we bring that way, we will be successful. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, will give us Jannah bighayri hisab. So he says to him, Bahlul, come Yama. And mocking him and making, you know, making a fool of him all the time. He says, oh my king, what do you want? He was so honored that the king was calling him. He says, I want to give you something. Some say he gave him a knife, some say he gave him a stick. He says, I want to give you this knife and I want to give you this stick. And you must take it. And when you find the most foolish person in the world, give it to him. So he took it being, you know, being a person who had, you know, little understanding... 
and who people used to mock and make fun of. He took the stick, he took the knife, and he says, no problem, I will find that person and I will give it to him. So the king, for him it was a joke. For him it was, I'm mocking this person. For him it is, we're having fun about this person. And as time went along, the king got sick. And, you know, the sickness reached such a level when he now was about to leave the world. So he called for Bahlul and Bahlul came and said, I want to visit the king. And the king said to him, Oh Bahlul, I'm leaving this world now. And I'm going, you know, and I'm never going to return. He says, King, what do you mean? You know, you're the king. You're the great person. You have the most wealth. You have everything. He says, where are you going to? He says, I'm going, and the place that I'm going for, I'm never going to return again. And, you know, I'm going, and it is going to be forever and forever. And he says, that world, we have hardly sent anything forward. He says, but king, you are the one that whenever you go on a journey, you are prepared, you send your men up one month in advance, and you send them up in such a manner that you everything is prepared for you. So how are you leaving this world and you're going to a place and you're saying very little provisions? I can't understand. You are the king. Every, everywhere you go in this world, you have so many guards that you send up front. You have so many ministers that you send up front. You have so much wealth that you send up front. He says, Bahlul, what can I tell you? This is a place when I'm going and I'm taking very little, you know, I haven't made any provisions for that. Cutting the story short, he said, oh my king, today I hand this knife for you. That you are leaving this world, you are the most foolish person and stupid person I found in this world. That we know we are living in this world. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us everything. Quran has told us everything. Allah's Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam has told us everything. That you are going to leave this world, we know death is a reality. We know we are going to leave this world. We know we are not going to live forever. But what provisions are we sending front to Allah? What are we sending in front to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What are we giving to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What amal are we doing while living in this world and sending to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That on the day of Qiyamah we can say to Allah, Ya Allah, I've done this for your deen. Ya Allah, I made this effort for your deen. Ya Allah, ya Allah you know, I, I went out in your path. I, I went out in your path. I followed the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I made such an effort on deen. You know, Ya Allah, that I finished myself for deen. That is the key that we are going to send on the day of Qiyamah. Otherwise, we're going to be one more incident and I'll end. We are going to be like the three villages that came to a city. And when they came to the city, you know, the first time ever in their lives, they seen tall buildings, they seen beautiful, you know, you know, beautiful tall buildings, and they were shocked by seeing so many cars riding, you know, around like they've never seen before. Why there were three people unper, we say, you know, they were, you know, they were, didn't, they were not learned, and they came into the city for the first time. Now they are surprised to see what they, what they are seeing, and they moving around, and by their shock and amazement, you know, things are moving so fast. While they were sitting in the village every day eating roti and curry, they did not realize that there was another life beyond this. They did not realize that, you know, there's another, you know, there's another city or, you know, such things are happening in this world. Today Allah has given us that opportunity that you will live in this world. You will spend that time that Allah has given you. That Allah has given you. This is not ours. This health and wealth does not belong to us. This has been given to us from Allah. This has been given to us from Allah and it is going to be taken from Allah. That is why we have to, we have to utilize it in the correct manner and the correct way. 
So they said, alright, nightfall came and they said, we need to stay in a building. And they came to a building, a hotel, and they met the, you know, at the foyer, they met the person at the front, and they said, we, we're looking for a place to sleep. They said, by no problem, you're looking for a place to sleep, but you must, you must pay. We're not going to give you a place for free. You know, 60-story building, a hotel with 60 floors, you must pay for what you, for what you want to stay. So, alright, no problem, they all put some money together, they put the money on the, on the table. He says to them, one problem we got in this building, that you're going to climb the 60 floors without using the lift because the lift is not working. So these people obviously bring from the village, no problem. We can climb the 60 floors. Today we have load sheddings and how we don't suffer for that two hours in our lives. So they said, no problem, we walk up. But while walking up in that time, we will speak about our life. To, to pass the time. So they say the first 20 floors, we're going to speak about the first 20 years of our life. How much fun we had growing up in the village, running around and doing different types of things. And they reached the 20 floors. Next 20 floors, they say we speak about the next 20 years of our lives. And this is how life goes. Hayatuka anfasun tu'addu fakullama mada minha intaqasta bihi juz'a. Like the poet says, every time you breathe, one part of your life is being diminished. But the reality of this doesn't hit our minds. That the other day, you know, we were 20 years old, 25, 30, you know, 40, 43, 45, 50, 60, 80 years old. You say, where has the time gone? So they said, the next 20 floors, we're going to talk about the next 20 years of our life. The next 20 floors, the next 20 years, till they reach the top. And to the astonishment and surprise when they reached the top, every person, you know, looked at the next, looked at each other. And everyone is looking and, you know, there's some type of look on their face. So, by what's wrong? What's happening? What you think they forgot? Doc knows the story. He must have heard it a hundred times from me. <laughs> they forgot the key, brother. They forgot the key. We are going to go to Qiyamah. Allah is going to ask us, where's the key to enter into Jannah? The key was the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The key was Qur'an. The key was living in the correct manner. Spending your life and time that Allah has given. So that we spend it in the correct manner. So that when we stand on the day of Qiyamah. And Allah will say, here is your key to Jannah. فَمَنْ أُوتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِيَمِينِ فَيَقُولُ هَا أُمُكْرَأُوا كِتَابِيَا إِنِّي ذَنَنْتُ أَنِّي مُلَاقٍ حِسَابِيَا فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةٍ رَاضِيَا فِي جَنَّةٍ for what you have done in this world, now enjoy the beauties of Jannah. Enjoy whatever is in Jannah. Here is your key to Jannah. But if we do not make that preparation, if we do not, you know, you know, work towards it, if we do not follow the life of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, if we do not bring ourselves on, uh, on Quran, if we do not bring ourselves on the way of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Allah is going to ask us, or well, we are going to be baffled on the day of Qiyamah, and we are going to be looking for the key. Allah save us from that. So that is why, mashallah, our jamaat has come, mashallah, from Cape Town. Again, we say businessmen and professionals have come out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, before Mufti Sahib addresses you, inshallah, we got one request, inshallah. From this gathering, inshallah, we request, inshallah, there many tashkils would be made. But one tashkil, inshallah, like how these brothers have come, mashallah, 
and have come, has given some time, has taken off from their profession, has taken off from their, you know, business. We are also requesting, inshallah, that a jamaat be, you know, get ready and, you know, also come. A jamaat can come, inshallah, to Cape Town and also come out, you know, from this, from this majma, inshallah. From this majma, we want one naqad jamaat, inshallah, of brothers who is ready to come out, inshallah, in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we'll all make this near, inshallah. Of this I will speak now, inshallah, and after that we'll conclude the tashkid. Jazakum.